Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to create his own shot. I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. This week on the show, we will talk about the latest trades, signings in the NBA. Tune in. Welcome to Week 12. Count it Week 12 of Shark Sports Radio. Alongside of me is nobody. It's yours truly, Mark Loisel Jr., a.k.a. Shark, right here in the Ocean State. Thank you for tuning in tonight. What a week it was in the NBA. We'll get right into it with all the moves, ads, and changes throughout the landscape and how each transaction has impacted for the future. So NBA free agency basically has come and gone with a couple of stragglers on the loose ends, but there was a lot of movement and we'll get right into it as I'm sure everybody wants to talk about the latest and greatest. So that being said, there was a little bit of drama, I would say, as far as LA goes. As expected, you know, Los Angeles, Hollywood, everybody loves you know, the, the bright lights in Hollywood. And there was a little bit of drama. The reason why I say that is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard drew a smokescreen, smokescreen to the Lakers saying, ah, you know what, LeBron, AD, it was nice meeting with you guys, but I'm going to have to go up against you. And I'm not joining you. I'm actually going to recruit one of my guys who I've always had eyes on to play basketball with. Now, of course, Kawhi Leonard went out, asked what he felt was, was suited, asking Kyrie, asking KD, asking, I think it was Jimmy Butler too, and nobody really bit into it. Kind of weird to me. It, it is weird, but we'll get into why it's weird for me um, later on in the show. Kawhi Leonard went on a nice recruiting trip of his own. He said, you know what? I'm not going to really tell you what's going to go on. And I'm going to tell my sources the fake news. And that's what's huge is going into this uh, that weekend, everybody thought the Lakers and the Raptors, they were going to be in it, and the Clippers were outside looking at I think Choir always had his eye on the Clippers. It's kind of astonishing to me because I think Kawhi has now changed the NBA. Yes, he wants to play with one of his so-called friends but I wouldn't say it's as far as that he went against LeBron he went against the king of the NBA like why is this not talked about more I just think it's uncanny of, of an opportunity for Kawhi to go join 
AD and LeBron with the Lakers, and instead he goes, eh, screw it. I'm going to go to the Clippers. I just want to applaud him because that takes balls. Okay, you're in front of LeBron James, one of the best businessmen in the NBA. Yes, he did it. He said, I am going to pull an ace out of my pocket, which he did. And he said, I'm going to recruit my own guys and we're going to beat you. Now that remains to be seen, obviously. But as far as the landscape of the NBA goes, it is so well balanced and I am so pumped up. Let me tell you, I am so ant. The reason why you have to look at how good these teams will be, how evenly matched it will be probably since the early 2000s. You know, I, I talked about in previous shows, you can name, you know, players that played for high franchises. Like you're always going to name Allen Iverson for Philly. You're always going to name, you know, T-Mac for the Houston Rockets and Yao Ming. And then you're always going to name, like, you know, Vince Carter for the Raptors, MJ for Chicago, Kobe for the Lakers, you know, Paul Pierce for the Celtics. I can go on and on. But what this stands out to me is this is exactly, this is exactly what the NBA should want. An even playing field for all teams to have a chance. Now, of course, you're always going to get the Charlottes. You're always going to get the Orlandos, the Phoenix Suns, the Kings. Like, there are teams that are really, really bad in this NBA, for sure. But there's not as many as you think anymore. And the reason why is because now, with this new draft lottery setup, which I think is really, really well done by Adam Silver and company, I think you got to look at the bigger picture, and now you can kind of see teams coming up in the rankings. You can see teams really trying for it. Now that they have this lottery system in place where the, you know, the worst record doesn't necessarily get, you know, the top pick, they might have a slight chance over the three or four um, worst record. But I mean, overall, it's great for the NBA and I cannot get over the fact that there, you can name two great players on each team. And I'm not going to run through it, but just for instance, Kemba and Jason Tatum. Then you got Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So let's get into it. I want to jump right into it. I'm watching preseason basketball as we speak. Don't call me a nerd or anything, but what I do at my job is sell telecom okay, to businesses, making a lot of money, but at the end of the day, I listen to podcasts, I listen to Bill Simmons, I listen to Woj Pod. You have to stay up to date with these, you know, th- this movement because I'm telling you right now, this is a this is a generation that nobody wants to forget right now uh, as far as NBA goes. So let's run into the signings. I'm going to give you my perspective where I think there's a fit. Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers. Let's start off right there. How about that, huh? Kawhi Leonard saying no to LeBron and saying yes to the Clippers and Jerry West. How about that for the logo? Jerry West putting that on his resume. Yes, Kawhi had to go out and recruit and you know make that happen. What's funny is Doc Rivers gets overlooked. And a lot of times he shouldn't. He can coach veterans. And he is going to be perfect for this team. I, I kind of can see a resemblance of what this team could look like. Back in 07 and 08 when the Celtics won, you know, they're, they're a very veteran-savvy team. So you have Paul George, you have Kawhi Leonard, you have Matros Harrell, 
You'd signed Pat Beverly to a great contract, team-friendly. So I, I think they have, like, a, a foundation. They just got to build pieces around. Obviously, they got, you know, Lou Williams coming off the bench. They got Shaman for Tobias Harris. So th- there's a lot of, you know, at least that Doc Rivers can play with. He's, he's not, he doesn't like playing with young guys. That's why it doesn't shock me that Ballmer and Jerry West were like, throw out young guys, let's stop building, trying to build like a franchise like Oklahoma City did and like Golden State did. Let's go for the kill. Let's go for what's real in the NBA. So that being said, Kawhi Leonard, A-plus grade. I think it's a very friendly deal too um, for his sake. He could have got 50 to 60 more million dollars with the Raptors, but he elected to go to the Clippers. And with good reason, great purpose. I think Toronto was, you know, not sad about it. Obviously, he won you a championship, so you can't, like, you know, hate him for, you know, choosing the Clippers. He wants to go home. He wants to go to L.A. He wants to live it up with Paul George. And I think they will do just fine at that. A very surprising take for me was Kevin Durant. Obviously, Kevin Durant showed a lot of notion in regards to where he wants to be. And I think Kyrie Irving did his work well done. I think he always wanted to play with Kevin Durant. I think they had talks at the All-Star break where it's like, hey, man, I'm not happy with the Celtics right now. You know, maybe we could team up with them, but I'd rather see us go to Brooklyn and play in, you know, the, the city really that I enjoy. I mean, you look at Kevin Durant's Instagram post, he had B.I.G. in the background. You know, it seems like he's a very friendly Brooklyn guy, and I think he's going to fit right in. I mean, needless to say, I think the fit is, it is what it is. I think Kevin Durant wants to be in New York. The Knicks didn't have the foundation, especially from the front office standpoint. James Dolan running the show. I do like Fizdale as a coach, but he's really nothing to brag about. Um, At least from his resume, he's been on LeBron's, you know, at least coattail for the entire, um, you know, career, a coaching career, I would say. Um, so it doesn't shock me that Kevin Durant, you know, wanted to see, you know, what he was made of in Brooklyn, and he's going to have to wait a year, obviously, but I think the fit uh, runs well. Uh, Kyrie Irving on the list as well. Kyrie, I, I think that was uh, kind of given, written on the wall, that he wanted to join the Nets over the Celtics, and the Celtics could have offered Again, like why would it have been offered with the Raptors, 50 more million dollars. But I, I think it's not an eye-opener to me that he decided to go to, to Brooklyn. I think he's always wanted to be there. I think the Knicks were kind of, you know, plan B if, um, you know, the Nets wanted to stick with D'Angelo Russell. That's what I want to get into, too, is I think it's more the materialistic standpoint because who wouldn't want to play with Kawhi Leonard? Like, I, I think... Kevin Durant and Kyrie wanted to play with the, you know, each other on, on the Nets with good reason because they're both talented. But if I was Kyrie and, you know, Kawhi's calling me, I might go out in L.A. and play with him. Um, I mean, why not? He's, he's one of the best players in the NBA right now, top three, easily. Moving down the list, we've got Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker to the Boston Celtics. What a great signing. What a b- great rebound for the Celtics after losing Kyrie Irving. Now, will they get the same type of player? They're both talented. Kemba might have more clutchness than him. He might have more leadership. I think that's what is very, very key to the success of Kemba Walker is every team he's been on, and reporters have said it, MJ has said it, the head coach has said it, UConn coaches have said it in the past. 
Kemba Walker is a team first guy. He's always going to be very friendly. He'll give his peace of mind, but he'll do it in the right way. And I think that's a sign of leadership and good character in and out of the locker room. And I think this fits out perfectly as a swap with Kyrie and Kemba because I think at some point Brad kind of gave up on Kyrie and he was just like, you know what? I'm done coaching you. You can do what you want out there. You can start slinging shots. You can run your own offense because at the end of the offseason, you're, you're gone anyway. So I could care less. But as you can see down the stretch, Kyrie Irving kind of gave up on the Celtics. I don't think Kemba Walker would, would ever do that in a green uniform. And I think it's evident that over the course of his career, especially with UConn making his name known uh, throughout the Big East tournament and the NCAAs, he's a guy that you want to build around and he's a good foundation piece. Is he the you know end-all, be-all? Probably not. He's probably the number two star on the team. Um, I think the Celtics still need to find that other guy, but it's going to take time. I don't think they can just jump right into it with salary cap purposes as well. I mean, they used the max contract for Kemba. Moving on, Klay Thompson. I think that was blatantly obvious that he was going to go back to the Golden State Warriors after Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn. I think if Golden State offered Kevin Durant the the max deal, I think Clay would have left and went to the Clippers. But I think ultimately, Clay saw the opening and was like, why would I want to leave when I can just keep building what I have in place? Am I going to be out next year? Maybe three-fourths of the, of the season. But I think when it's all said and done, you know, they got D'Angelo Russell, which we'll get into, um, you know, as far as that trade goes. So I think analytically it's a great fit for him obviously he can shoot the three with Steph Curry it could be like the old Golden State Warriors you still got Draymond facilitating defense rebounding it and you know the passing the ball around so I think it's a perfect fit for Clay to stay right where he is and he gets of course 190 million dollars on a five-year deal Christoph Porzingis the unicorn everybody loves the unicorn for some reason with good reason, obviously, I think he played well with the Knicks. And then when he got traded, you know, he had an ACL injury. So I think over the course of time, it might show his worth. Um, maybe this season he comes out of a shell, um, you know, back where he was at square one. But I don't think people realize how big of an issue it is after coming off an injury. Like, you know, Kevin Durant, for instance, he's, he's going to be turning 30. He's coming back from Achilles um, injury. Yet Kobe Bryant had the same type of injury, and he wasn't the same. Now, Kobe was older. He was, what, 36, 37? So I I get it. The age bracket there is different. But I still think that you kind of have to have a really positive reformation and have a sticking point when it comes to guys coming off injuries, like Klay Thompson, for instance. Are they going to rush back? You know, you have to look at Kristaps Porzingis with – Luka Doncic as a powerhouse in the West, but until we see him healthy, we can't we can't say otherwise. So I, I think, of course, Kristaps is one hell of a player. He's a very um, fine tool player. He's really good at what he does, and you know that's shooting the basketball, that's blocking shots, that's having a strong post game, pick and roll, pick and pop kind of player. What you want, kind of like a five tool kind of player. But when it comes down to, you know, the Mavericks, they needed to sign this guy. And why not sign him along with 
you know, Luka Doncic uh, on his deal. I think the Pacers build a really good foundation around Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo coming back from injury, he's going to need some kind of help. And if you get Malcolm Brogdon, if you get Jeremy Lamb, and then you get Victor Oladipo back, of course you lose, you know, Boyan Bogdanovic um, to the Utah Jazz for a very good deal. Um, with Utah and Utah's building a foundation as well. We're talking about the East. East is wide open now. Run through the, the you know the top teams right now. Milwaukee they resigned Chris Middleton to the, his max deal. They also signed George Hill. They let Malcolm Brogdon walk. You could make a case that Middleton is only a three point shooter, but you'll see I think him playing off the ball even more you know than ever before I think Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez they signed too so the Lopez brothers is going to be playing together I think them setting th- uh, screens for Chris Middleton to come off and shoot the rock I think that's a beautiful opportunity for them I wouldn't say that they're too scary of a, a team I obviously get Giannis but how is that Eric Bledsoe situation going to do you know Meritich is gone um, you know some key pieces have left so I don't think it's necessarily like a shoe-in for Milwaukee. Uh, Philadelphia, yes, they stole Al Horford, but I just don't think that's necessarily like an over-the-top kind of move. I don't think they necessarily need that. Especially, I mean, Embiid, obviously, you know, he's going to need some kind of load management. Um, everybody talks about load management these days. Talk about Embiid, how young he is, how many injuries he's gone through. I think specifically Tobias Harris is just not a fit with Philly. I, I think he's a very, very poor man's Paul George. I don't think he's as good as advertised. I think the, the Philadelphia 76ers overpaid him even. Um, and I think they should have let him walk because then they could have you know looked to resign Jimmy Butler, even though Butler had his eyes you know on the Miami Heat. Um, again, talking about Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler went to Miami, got his max deal. Um, they're also looking at Russell Westbrook. But that kid, Tyler Hero, is looking pretty nice in summer league right now. I think he's dropping close to 22 a game. Shooting the rock really well. And I think that puts a bear taste in the Celtics' mouth. But that remains to be seen. I mean, Kelly Olenek went off in the summer league. And, you know, look what he turned out to be. So, um, But moving down, you know, the order in the east – you look at Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving situation really doesn't scare me as much anymore because I, I just don't think Brooklyn, especially, they, I mean, they lost a lot of good pieces. Obviously, have Spencer Didwitty still. Um, they signed DeAndre Jordan, but DeAndre Jordan's just a name. You know, he's not really a player that I like to look at as being a top-tier kind of player um, in this, this era of basketball. It is cool to see uh, Giannis' brother getting signed by Milwaukee. Um, so overall, what, what I want to get into, I can walk you through all the different signings, but it would probably be a waste of time, right? Um, I think mainly what I want to do is just talk about how big, how big of a move it was for Kawhi Leonard. I just want to discuss it briefly because I think it's worth mentioning that this era of basketball has changed for the better. And Kawhi Leonard has it written all over this, this modern day era. He went from San Antonio, a very respective organization, and Toronto gave up a lot of goods for him, and it was well worth it. Obviously, Toronto got a championship out of it, but the fact that Kawhi went about his business, regardless of where he knew he was in the six, with Drake on the sidelines, with pressure all over, he still has that calm, cool collectiveness about him, 
and you cannot coach that. And it just seems like he goes about his business the right way. He's very quiet, very subtle. He doesn't go, you know, cocky. I mean, he makes moves behind the scenes because he's a smart businessman and he's a consummate professional. I think at the end of the day, if you choose LeBron versus, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard, you got to go Kawhi Leonard. And the reason why is because Kawhi is just, he's a professional. He goes about his business the right way. He doesn't brag about his earnings. He doesn't brag about his fame. He doesn't brag about what he wants in life. I think LeBron does that a lot. Of course, LeBron helps out a lot of people. I I don't like LeBron just because I'm a Celtics fan. The back and forth battles, and you know the fact that he's still Ray Allen from the the Celtics, and I guess the decision kind of caught me off guard. But he did a lot of good in that decision, raising money for Boys and Girls Club of Ohio, and to build a school in Ohio. Even though he left Akron, he still built his own school for kids to go and be successful. So. As much as I want to hate him, he's very, um, very businessman like off the court. But Kawhi Leonard, you don't hear a peep out of him. And it was kind of cool, honestly, like looking at the Twitter, you know, looking at the reactions. A lot of people say, well, how the hell did Kawhi pull that on us? And it can easily be done because Kawhi is always going to keep it. Personal. He's going to always kind of keep it straight and direct by himself. He doesn't care what people think. He doesn't care about, you know, his ego at the end of the day. His ego is only built because of his success and money. So at the end of the day, he's not bragging about where he's been. What he's bragging about is having a championship with two different teams. And if he gets a third with the LA Clippers, he might go down as the best journeyman of all time because that would be his third team in, I think, seven years um, he's been in the league. So I think it's a very good outlook for the NBA and a well-balanced teams all across the NBA. And like I said before, I think the talent is now going to be shown. I think this is going to be a dog-eat-dog battle throughout Every single NBA game. I think night in and night out, there's not a team that is going to be written in stone when it comes to Vegas odds. You're, you're going to have a tough job betting. You want to talk about sports gambling? You're not going to know who's going to win the NBA championship because it is up in the air. You know, the Clippers are making noise. Utah got Mike Conley. They got, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich. They got Donovan Mitchell. You know, they got Rudy Gobert. They got a solid core in Utah. And then you also have to talk about Denver. I mean, Denver re-upped with, you know, Paul Millsap. And I know, you know, looking back on it, that $30 million option wasn't necessary. Maybe they could have cut it into three years and have three years, $30 million. But they still got Murray. They still got Jokic. You know, they still got Gary Harris. They got Beasley. They got a really strong core, and they're only going to keep on adding. And if you want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers, Whiteside could be a really good player coming off the bench for them. I don't think he necessarily starts. I don't think he has to because they have Nurkic. But I think overall, you got Damian Lillard. You got CJ McCollum. They got Ken Bazemore for Evan Turner. So that was a huge get for them. I think, you know, Ken Bazemore is better than Evan Turner. And they re-upped with um, Rodney Hood. So I think that's a really good um, one, two, three, four 
in Portland. And, I mean, I wouldn't mind them in, like, the third or fourth seed. I mean, ideally, um, what I want to see in the West is the Clippers, the Nuggets, I think Utah. I think you got to throw Houston still in there because they still have their pieces together, even though they might be a mess. I still think that San Antonio's always catching the eye. Like, I, I don't think Marcus Morris, you know, saying bye-bye to San Antonio is going to have that big an effect. If anything, I think it helps out the locker room. I, I don't think everywhere Marcus Morris goes, he kind of, like, just hogs the ball and dominates the shots and, you know, takes 12, 14-foot jumpers. And they don't necessarily look good going in, even if they do. And it's kind of like a wasted possession when you look at it. So from that standpoint, I think it's better that Marcus Morris goes to the Knicks. He bought the Knicks. He got the Knicks. They want him. They want his services. They also want Julius Randle's services. They also want Bobby Portis' services, Reggie Bullock. They're putting together like what the Lakers were last year. Even though the Lakers had LeBron, they still had what? Lance Stevenson. Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, like, what can you do with those guys? Obviously, there was money, you know, spent around the NBA. That that was a given fact. And I think this draft is going to help out a lot of teams. And in particular, if you don't mind me talking about the Celtics, I mean, I'm talking to myself here, but I'm talking to you guys as well. I know I talk about them a lot with good reason. You know, I'm, I'm from the Rhode Island area, and, um, you know, Boston's not too far. I think... Carson Edwards could be a Lou Williams-esque kind of player coming off the bench for them, scoring in bunches. I think Grant Williams can play today in the NBA. I think he could be a solid four guy. He could probably play the role of Al Horford as the undersized, obviously, but I think him, you know, having his versatility, you know, screening, um, you know, making some key shots, rebounds, block shots, he can do it all. And, Needless to say, Traymond Waters is looking pretty good. He, he's a guy that can make plays. He can facilitate the basketball. He plays great defense. He gets in your face. Carson Edwards just dropping shots like crazy out here in summer league. I just saw him shoot from like at least 30 feet. And then you also have the man, the myth, the taco, taco fall. Wow, what a presence he has had in the summer league, too. I think they're going to sign him, and what a great acquisition that would be. Of course, they got Ernest, Ennis Cantor. They got Daniel Tice. They got Kemba Walker. I think they're putting together pieces that guys want to win, guys that can play now. And I think that's what they looked in the NBA drafts and drafting Grant Williams and, and drafting Carson Edwards is guys that can make an impact extremely quickly. And learning under guys like um, and women like Carol Lawson and uh, Joe Mazzula, you know Brad Stevens, obviously Jay Laranega. So I think the Celtics really have a good foundation, and I think where they stand in the East is either two or three. I think they're better than Philly. I don't care what anybody says. Just because they got Al Horford, Al Horford was great for the Celtics because of the system. It's because of the way he plays. Do you remember when he played for the Atlanta Hawks? He was like the third wheel. Let's just be honest. They had Mike Bibby, Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Marvin Williams. They had a really good collective group. I'm not saying that Al Horford was a bum by any means. But he put up 15 points and 7 rebounds per game. Which is 
which is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like that doesn't put you over the top. And I'm sorry, Tobias Harris alongside of him and Ben Simmons, and you get rid of Jimmy Butler. Come on, I, I think Philly needs to take a step back. I, I think they're either, you know, five or six in the East. I really do when it's all said and done. I, I just, you know, TJ McConnell leaving, I think that's huge as well. So if I'm looking at the landscape of the NBA, it's obviously wide open. I think Milwaukee may be the top team. But in all, I think the way I'm looking at, you know, these players moving forward and the salary cap purposes, there's no more shoes to drop. I think the other shoe to drop possibly could be Bradley Beal if he's not happy with Washington. I think another shoe to drop could be Giannis if they stink with, um, you know, Middleton and Bledsoe. I just don't think that there's a lot more talent out there. And if I'm the Celtics, yes, I would look at the trade market, but I would also look at the development of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. See how Campbell Walker does in that system, which I think he'll flourish. I think he will be a very good player. He might even make the all-star team next year. I just think he has that knack and the ability not only to create his own shot, but down the stretch, the clutchness. You know, you got to look at the impact of a significant player like Kemba Walker. You know, the fact that he, you know, scored 21 points, I believe, in the fourth quarter against the Celtics. Yes, the Celtics were doing terrible down that stretch of the game, especially in the third quarter. They just gave it up, and I think they had like a 22-point lead. What players are going to be out there, and what players can I make a run at? And if there's no players you can do that, which Danny Ainge is a very smart man to, to wait, which he always has done, and then hits the trigger when players aren't happy or when he has the assets to do it. Like, for instance, Jalen Brown's going to be a free agent this upcoming, after this upcoming year. Okay, so he's going to be a restricted free agent. Will they be able to match any offer? Obviously. But will they want to spend that kind of money when they already have possibly a Gordon, healthier Gordon Hayward, uh, Jason Tatum? So if I'm Danny, I'm looking at the, the trade deadline. I'm saying, well, if Jalen's really, like, really, really good, I'm talking, like, 25 to 27 points per game, obviously you want to keep him around. But if he's in the 20 to 24-point, you know, mark, why not ship him off, get some assets out of that? Because I think at that point it's kind of redundant, especially if it will, the X factor for this entire season and it's always been for the Celtics in the past three years, has been the health of Gordon Hayward. And I'm saying three years coming into the season. If Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, he has the ability to be back where he was with Utah. And that is a superstar. The opportunity that will come about with this man making plays for himself is going to be impactful because he has shown that he can be a very good combo guard with great vision. He can grab boards, but he's got to show it, right? So I think this year, obviously, is the climax of his career. I really do. I think if he sucks this year, I don't think he'll ever get back to that that presence that he had with Utah. And it was very impactful. I think he definitely has the ability to make his presence known. He will be the X Factor. He will be the guy that everybody has their eyes on. Because I think you know what you get out of Kemba. I think you know what you get out of Tatum. I don't know necessarily how impactful Jalen will be, but I think he was the biggest 
impactful player down the stretch in this past NBA season. If you're looking at the NBA, it's well-balanced now. I don't have to tell you that. It's becoming better and better. If I can name two all-stars on each team, wow. Watch out. Hats off to Kawhi Leonard for saying, screw you, LeBron. I'm going to go play for the Clippers, and we're going to have one hell of a Hollywood matchup. We're going to cause a lot of drama in a good way. There's going to be a lot of people in the stands for these games. There's going to be a significant amount of viewers on the East Coast for West Coast games. And vice versa. I, th- I think overall these two conferences are getting better and better because it's so more equal. It's such an even balanced league now. And if you're not a basketball fan, I'm telling you right now, jump on the bandwagon. Jump on the bandwagon because I think Kawhi Leonard has changed the NBA. I think it's no more about, you know, looking for money. Let's just make this clear because I think this is huge. He took less money to not play with Toronto. And I think I think Toronto hit a lightning in the bottle. I don't think necessarily that they could have went again this upcoming year. But let me tell you, that team with the Clippers, he took less money. And I think they necessarily have a very good core, and I think they, he sees it too, and just the structure of the veteran-savvy players. He's got to love the fact that Montrezl Harrell had a breakout season. He's got to love that Pat Beverly is just that, that workhorse kind of guy that's always going to be up in your face no matter what. He cares about winning. You want guys that care about winning. And I think at some point he realized, ah, dude, would I really want to get into that mess? Would I want to keep just burying myself a hole with LeBron players? Like, I feel like every, like, complimentary player that LeBron plays with, they get worse, right? I mean, look at Kevin Love. Look at Chris Bosh. Mike Miller had a great, great uh, career with the Memphis Grizzlies. And then when he came over, he was just a, a sharpshooter, obviously with his back problems. But I just overall think that players could be better without LeBron and I think Kawhi just showed that where he's like nah I'm not gonna be one of your disciples anymore I'm not gonna you know walk in your steps what I'm gonna do is follow my own journey my own path to the NBA championship like I did with San Antonio yes I had Tim Duncan yes I had Tony Parker and my new Ginobili I did it with Toronto and I had Kyle Lowry I thought Kyle Lowry was gonna be really a cancer to that team he's always shown it he's always took bad shots he always had you know, um, a bad character on the court. I think this year he cared because I think Kawhi was the quiet leader. He was a silent assassin on and off the floor saying, Kyle, come with me. I'll take you to the promised land, which he did, right? So I think it was a punch in the face when it came to LeBron meeting with Kawhi Leonard. I, I think Kawhi just said, you know what? I want to battle you. I want you to be my opponent. I want a challenge. And that's why you got to love and respect Kawhi Leonard. I think this will be one of those years, especially this past offseason, where people look at it, and it could be like an MJ-style year where he changed the game. MJ changes the game. Kawhi Leonard may have changed this era of basketball for the better rather than the worse. And I love it. I love it, and you better too. And I appreciate you all for listening in. Tune in next week. 
I'll bring more sports into it. I've been very basketball heavy with good reason. I'm a basketball fiend. Um, but when it comes down to sports, I'm very knowledgeable. I can talk about hockey. I can talk about football. I can talk about baseball, which I talked about in previous um, podcasts. So keep tuning in. I will have a couple of guests coming on within, and I'm going to bring you some resources that you can't even imagine. So please stay tuned and uh, check out my latest episode, of course, talking about the predictions of free agency. Thanks. Thanks.